This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. Our guest today is someone whose name I've heard growing up and many times over the years. It is the legendary Udo Erasmus. Udo is the co-founder of Udo's Choice line, which can be found in Whole Foods and other health food stores worldwide. Udo designed the machinery for making oils with health in mind and pioneered flax oil, a billion-dollar industry. However, Udo walked a difficult path to become the man he is today. Being a child of war, Udo's life began with intense struggle. As an adult, he got pesticide poisoning in 1980, leaving doctors at a loss regarding treatment. Deciding to take his health into his own hands, Udo began researching and his discoveries led him to a passion for finding the answers to life's big questions, which would hopefully one day bring him and the world peace. Today, Udo is an acclaimed speaker and author of many books, including the best-selling Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, which has sold over 250,000 copies. He teaches at events hosted by Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra and has keynoted an international brain health conference and traveled to over 30 countries to conduct thousands of live presentations, media interviews, and staff trainings, impacting more than 25 million lives with his message on oils. Health, peace, nature, and human nature. Udo has an extensive education in biochemistry, genetics, biology, nutrition, including a master's degree in counseling psychology. I cannot wait to dive in with Udo today. Hello and welcome to In Spirit Calls. You know, I had Udo on a while back and I loved our interview so much that I decided to bring him back in for a next or special second spot. So Udo, welcome back. Glad, glad to be here. I'm it was so fun. Last time it was fun. It'll be fun again. <laughs> it will be fun again. And I'm so excited to dive right in. So we're switching gears a little bit. Yeah. Now, last time we talked a lot about spiritual stuff. And today we're going to be talking about more about our health, more about what we yep. can do to live better quality of lives in the physical sense. So I'm going to let you start us yeah. off and tell us about your health journey because you've created some incredible products that a lot of people <clears throat> have been using for a long time. I remember my mom talking about Udo's oils back in the day. So I know <laughs> that you have so much to share with us. So why don't you start us off in helping us to understand how you got to Udo's oil? <clears throat> how did you find your way to that particular world. Yeah. Okay. So in 1980, uh, well, actually in 1976, my marriage broke up. Yes. Okay. And I was really upset. I wanted to kill something. Mm. And, you know, so I, I mean, I was really, it was really intense. I had three kids and, you know, and, uh, so because I wanted to kill something, I took a job as a pesticide sprayer. Oh. And I had gotten my I had gotten my license to spray pesticides on a gardening job that I had before that. 
And you know why, why pesticide poison? I wanted to kill something. And pesticides, the only reason we make pesticides is to kill living things. Right. So that was the perfect job for me, for my emotional state. Wow. <laughs> and so, and I had gotten 99.5% on my exam to become a pesticide sprayer. Wow. And I actually thought I'd got 100%. And I thought, I actually called the guy and I said, are you sure you didn't make a mistake marking my exam? <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, he said, let me see. He said, well, how many, how many instars in a crane fly? And that's an insect development, right? Okay. How many instars in a crane fly? I said, four. He said, well, you circled two. <laughs> that, and that was the mistake I had made. I, I knew there were four. I don't know why I circled two. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I was really good at it. I, you know, and so I got a job as a pesticide sprayer, and I was super careless, super careless. I literally sprayed lawns. I had a tractor with a with a tank on the back, and I would drive the tractor, and I would do it in summer. It's summer's you spray pesticides in summer. Yeah, I would spray it in a bathing suit and and barefoot because I liked getting a tan because I was pretty vain. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how it goes. If you're discontent, then you know if you're white, you want to be darker, and if you're dark, you want to be whiter, right? right? So yeah. when you're discontent, you yeah yeah whatever you got is not is not enough. Yeah, you know you want something different, right? Yeah. Because you think if something was different, maybe you'd feel different, but that's not how it works. But that's what you what we think when we're confused. So I was, and I walked barefoot over the lawns I had sprayed um. with, with pesticides, and then the skin peeled off the back of my uh, off the bottom of my feet. So I said, "Okay, this is not good." So I wore rubber boots. So rubber boots and a bathing suit. And the wind would drift a, drift a spray, spray on my back, and I noticed that quite a few times. And there was a woman I worked with, and she said, aren't you worried you're going to get poisoned? And I said, nah, I'm immune. <laughs> we call that testosterone poisoning. You know, guys sometimes get poisoned by their own testosterone to do really crazy things yeah. until they get their first self, self-created disaster. Right, yeah. So I did this for three years full-time, and I got poisoned by pesticides. Wow. And at that point, we, we were spraying like a big uh, industrial situation, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't let us clean up w- for lunch. They didn't want pesticides in their kitchen, basically. So they wouldn't let us clean up. So I ate my sandwich, and I, I know that I licked some, some pesticides off of my fingers eating my sandwich. Wow. And very quickly, I ended up completely trashed. So I got, um, what happened? I got nausea, dizziness, cramps. And if I turned my head, it felt like my head turned, but my brain didn't. Uh No, that's obviously not possible, but that's what it felt like. Right. Okay, I'm just giving you the symptom, right? Yes. And I had no energy. I was 38 years old. And if I walked around a city block, I would have to sit down and rest. I was like an old guy in his 80s. Now, I'm 81 now, and I don't need to rest when I walk around the block. But at 38, I had to do that. And so I knew I'd gotten poisoned. I knew when it happened. And I went to the doctor and said to the doctor, what do you have for pesticide poisoning? And she said, nothing. 
Mm-hmm. And then I went, then I went, then I've called the people who certified me to spray and said, can you send me the research literature on pesticide poisoning? Because when I took the course, then nobody talked about you could get poisoned by these. Right. Nothing. So they said, so they said, no, we can't do that. I said, well, because I've been poisoned by the pesticides I sprayed. And they said, you know, you probably just got the flu because, you know, it's going around. So now I got really mad and I went to Greenpeace. (laughs) Greenpeace started in Vancouver. So I knew the guys at Greenpeace and I went to Greenpeace and I said, what do you have? You know, because they work with environment. What do you have? What do you have on pesticide poisoning? And uh, I talked to two ladies and one of them came with a stack about two feet high of different research papers on pesticide poisoning. Wow. And started re- I started reading all of that. And that's like, and then my hi- palms started to sweat. You know, when your palms sweat, it's like because you're like really nervous. Yeah. Because I found out that more than 60% of the pesticides that we spray around in the environment cause cancer. Wow. And so I thought, oh my God, I have cancer to look forward to. Doctor doesn't have anything. What do I do? And so I decided I was already able to go to the calm place inside because, uh, you know, sometimes when you get stressed, you go crazy. Yes. So I was able to go to that because I had started doing that practice eight years before. And so I said, okay, well, I have biochemistry background. I know I have a genetics background. I'm pretty good in the world of molecules. Let me see what I can do for myself. They're not going to do it. I'm, I'm on my own. Like, health is my responsibility. I sort of knew that. And I wasn't like ever really a, a major junkie. We had pretty simply, you know, mostly big garden and lots of whole foods and no pesticides. And so I was, you know, and I wasn't like, it wasn't philosophical. It's just how I grew up. Yeah. And so I, I kind of was, pre- I knew health was my responsibility. But then that penny really dropped. Oh, my God. Health is really my responsibility. And what I've done, what I've done is super irresponsible for my health. Wow. Spraying pesticides is super irresponsible when you don't use masks and you don't have covering and you walk through it barefoot. Really, really super irresponsible. Wow. And so then I thought, okay, well, how do you fix it? Well, if you do the opposite of what you did to get it, then that should fix it. So how do you do that? Right. How do you do that? <laughs> you can't. And so the first thing is back in. <laughs> no, the first thing is you stop spraying pesticides, right? Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Before you drain the basement, turn off the tap, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so obviously that was the first thing. But then the second thing was, I knew from studying biology that your body is always turning over. Yeah. You know, and in a year, like if you and I meet a year from now. of the atoms in your body today will have been removed and replaced. 98%. 98%. Yeah. In fact, if you drink as much water as you're supposed to drink, 15 times your body weight of water goes through your body in one year. 15. 15 times. Wow. Right? And in a lifetime, you drink somewhere between 88 and 110 tons of water. Oxygen is about 18 tons. That's going through your body all the time. And then food goes through your body all the time too. Yes. Right? And the different atoms 
move through your body at different rates. So vitamin C will go through faster than calcium, for instance. Right. Because calcium goes to your bones and then it's in your bones and then it's removed from your bones for work in the body, you know, and eventually you pee it out or whatever, right? Yeah. So so I knew that the body's always turning over. So then the obvious thing is, well, if something is wrong with your body, then if you raise your standard for food intake, and I wasn't thinking about water and air, but that's important too. But at that time, so if I raise my standard for food intake, my body will have been rebuilt 98% in one year. Yeah. And by the way, that's why healing is possible because the body is always turning over. If the body didn't turn over, if you got wrecked, you could never heal. That's right. Right? But it's always moving over. So, And so you raise the standard. By the way, if you think you're too healthy and you want to get sick, then what you want to do is lower your standard. <laughs> and then in, in one year, you will have rebuilt your body to a lesser, to a to crummier standard. Right. Wow. Right? Yeah. And so you think about that and it's like, Oh my God, there is so much that we could do for ourselves by just raising the standard. So what is the standard? Well, fresh, whole, raw, organic. That's nature's mandate for every creature that eats. Fresh, whole, raw, organic. And for human beings, probably mostly plant-based. Because mm -hmm. there was a time when our hunters had rocks to hunt with. Yeah. And when they and they came home without meat most of the time. Yeah. So then what did they do? Well, uh, plants don't run away, they don't fight back, so they're easy to hunt down and kill. Yeah. So if they didn't have meat, they ate vegetables, right. right? And vegetables cover the planet. You know, animals are one here, one there, you know, a few, few there, a few herds over there, you know, but there's way more plants than animals. In fact, 40% of the biomass on the planet is trees, 40%. Wow. And human beings' biomass is 0.1%. Oh, wow. That's quite yeah, a so, Yeah. Yeah. And, and the plants, you know, populated the surface of the planet billions of years before animals began to appear. Had to. Yeah. Because plants are the foundation of life on the planet. Actually, it's microbes and then plants. Mm -hmm. and then animals and then humans. Right. Right. And so- and so I started looking at that, and I and ended up, because I had the background, I went into the research, and I looked at everything to do with health and nutrition and disease and nutrition. Mm -hmm. And there were, at that time, 16 million research studies cited in Medline, 16 million. I don't know how many there are now. There's probably 25 million, 21 million. I don't know. Yeah. I, and I started looking through all that. Wow. Always focused on health, nutrition, disease, and nutrition. And I, I was looking at minerals. So out of that came, there are 42 essential nutrients that we have to, that you, we cannot make in our body from anything else, hey. but we have to have them to live and be healthy. So we have to bring those in from outside. If we don't get enough of any one of those essential nutrients, our health will deteriorate and we will get deficiency symptoms. Right. Those will get worse with time. And if we don't get enough long enough, we die. Mm -hmm. So there's 42 of them. But if we're, our health is deteriorating because we're not getting enough, and before we die, 
because by definition, death is not reversible. Before we die, you bring enough of the too low essential nutrient back into the diet. Then all the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed. That's the definition of an essential nutrient. Mm -hmm. And there has to be at least one biochemical reaction in the body in which that nutrient is essential and without which that biochemical reaction cannot take place. That's the definition of an essential nutrient. Okay. And that was done by researchers on the basis of experiments. They made diets that didn't have the thing they thought might be essential. They'd make a diet for animals that didn't have that one thing in it. And then they would watch. If the animal was fine and didn't deteriorate, then it wasn't an essential nutrient. Mm. And if the animal deteriorated, then it was an essential nutrient. And if they brought it back into the diet from which they'd removed it and the animal recovered, then it was clearly an essential nutrient. And that definition applies to 18 minerals, 13 vitamins, nine essential amino acids that come from proteins, and two essential fatty acids that come from fats. Wow. And then I got, so I was looking at all of that because I wanted to understand health because, you know, when I got poisoned by pests, all of a sudden I became super interested in health, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I was on my own. So, and so I, I was looking at everything and then I got stuck on, on oils. And the reason came out of just an experience I had. I read a, a research article that said omega-6 essential fatty acid called linoleic acid, which is in, found in pretty much all of the seed oils, okay. is an essential nutrient by the definition I just gave. It's an essential nutrient. You have to have it to live and be healthy, and you got to bring it in from outside. And the very next study I read said omega-6 gives you cancer and kills you. Oh. <laughs> and my head exploded. Like, is it? Yeah. Like, what? What? I yeah, what the hell? <laughs> right? I have to have it so it can kill me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, there, there must be something else going on here. This cannot be. Like, like, like it just doesn't, doesn't compute. Yeah. Right? So what I found out in digging deeper... And I'm kind of like that kind of a person. You know, when it gets a hold of me, it's like, I got to know. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that got, I dug deeper and I found out that the essential fatty acids, omega-6 linoleic acid and omega-3 alpha linolenic acid are essential nutrients. They are the most sensitive of all of our essential nutrients to being damaged. And they're damaged by light, by oxygen, and by heat. Oh. So they are the nutrients that need the most care, but we actually give them the least care. We throw our, our oils in the frying pan and turn them into smoke, and we think that's okay. But wow. you, know that, you know that if you turn oil into smoke, you've changed the chemistry. Yes. Right? We fry our foods. We burn them. We burn the oil. And then you're taking natural molecules that life made a program to to work with in your body, because they existed in nature. And you turn them into molecules that never existed in nature or in our food supply. Mm -hmm. And you think that, and you think that's not going to have any consequences? Right. No, you turn them into stuff that the body doesn't have a, a method for taking down. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then they pile up in your body and then they interfere with what's supposed to be going on wherever they're located in your body. They interfere. But that's how you get sick. Wow. Right? Either you're missing something that's essential, yeah. that'll make you sick, or you're getting something that doesn't belong in your body. That's toxicity. So it's right. nu- nutrition and toxicity. Right? Yeah. And so that's so and then omega three is five times more sensitive to damage than omega-6. It is much harder to find because it's more polar. It's a warming oil. It has very high energy, and we'll get back into that. So there's less of it around. It's mostly, there's not a lot of it in the tropics. There's a a lot of it at the poles. Uh So omega-3s come from northern fish and Antarctic krill, and from penguins and whales and okay. and uh, you know animals that live in the north that need high energy because they're living in really cold water mm-hmm. and they have to give, be able to escape from predators and omega 3s give them the kind of energy that even at low temperature right. gets them going right so it's a good adaptation for for critters that live in in yeah. the, in the north now, the other thing is that 99%, I found out, 99% of the population does not get enough omega-3s for optimum health. That's like- 99%. Every, 99. Wow. Just about everybody. And every cell requires them because the body makes hormone-like regulating molecules that regulate cell activity in every cell in the body, and there's 60 trillion cells. So really important, essential, and 99% doesn't get enough. And then I found out that when oils are being made by industry, they don't pay attention to their sensitivity either. So they treat them with sodium hydroxide, which is a very corrosive base, then with phosphoric acid, a very corrosive acid. Then they bleach the oils because the what gives color to a molecule attracts light, and then the light will damage the oil. So they take them out. And then when they do that, the oil goes rancid, and now it smells bad and tastes bad, and nobody would buy it. So they have to deodorize the oil, de-stinkerize the oil, I call it sometimes. <laughs> you have to deodorize the oil, and to do that, you have to basically boil off the rancid molecules at frying temperature. Uh-huh. So these oils are fried before they go in the plastic bottle, which you shouldn't do either because plastic leaches into oils because plastic swells uh, when you put oil in it and then plastic leaches into oil quicker than into water. Wow. So, so all of these oils that are sitting on the shelf in plastic bottles with light going through the plastic have been damaged half to 1%, a half to 1%, by the industrial processing, except for extra virgin olive oil, which is made in a completely different way. Okay. So I find, okay, well, let's say there's a half a percent, you know, and I call the Oil Chemist Society because they're the umbrella organization for the oil industry. And I said, I want to talk to a researcher. So they put put him on the line and I said to him, you know, I've read in the research that a half to 1% of the Oil molecules are damaged by the way you process it. When you know that, why do you do that? When you know it does damage, why do you do that? He said, well, one of the reasons we do that is that when we deodorize the oil, 
and he didn't say, but I'll add to it, at frying temperature, right? we can get rid of half of the pesticides in the oil. And in my head, I'm going, what do you mean? The other half of the pesticide stays in the oil? I didn't even know they were pesticides in oils. Well, nobody ever told me that when I studied lipids that, that they're pesticides in oils. And so I didn't say that to him, but that, that's, you know, that was not a good thing to say to a guy who'd been poisoned by pesticides, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and so I said to him, well, why don't you start with organically grown seeds? Then you don't have a pesticide poison to deal with. And there was total silence at the other end of the phone. And I waited. You know, I, you know I can talk. <laughs> but I, I, I can actually can also be quiet and listen. So I waited. And it seemed like really long. There was silence. And then he came back and he was really angry. He said, I don't know what your problem is. The oil is 1%. It's only 1% damage. And it's 99% good. And if you got 99% on the exam, you'd be damn happy, wouldn't you? <laughs> so, of course, I told you they might pest my, my pesticide exam. I was not impressed with 99% like he was. I used to get 100% in genetics because it was my favorite topic and I loved it. And then in one of the exams, I got 100% and the next best mark was 62. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I was good at it. Anyway, so, but then I thought, well, okay, well, maybe I'm overreacting because it's only 1%. So they have, there's a saying, when in doubt, do the math. Yeah. I decided... How many damaged molecules am I going to get in a tablespoon of oil if that oil is 1% damaged? Mm. Right? That's a one way to yeah. get a number. Yeah. And now I'm asking you that question, and I want you to guess, and I know you don't have the basis for making it, but there's a reason why I'm doing it. Oh. So how many damaged molecules in a tablespoon of an oil that is 1% damaged by the processing. This is before it gets fried. Well, I'm going to assume, I mean, how many millions of molecules are in a jar? <laughs> in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a tablespoon. Or in an, well, an entire tablespoon, how many molecules? Let's see. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. And that, that's the point, but that's, the, yeah. that's good. That's good. I, yeah. So I'm just going to say like, well, I mean, I'm going to assume there's, Let's just say there's 10,000 molecules in that tablespoon and- 1% okay. uh, damage would be 100. 100. There we go. Okay. okay. That's 100 has two zeros, right? Yep. Would you like to know the actual number? Yes. It's okay. way more, it's, isn't it? It's 17 more zeros to your 100 oh. and a six in front of it. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. Molecules are pretty small. It was probably worth- Molecules are really small. Now here's, but here's the reason why I do this. I love doing this because it's it's it can be so instructive. So, so there's sixty quintillion. So you have a, a thousand three zeros, thousand million billion trillion quadrillion quintillion. A yeah. six followed by nineteen zeros. That's a, the number of damaged molecules in a tablespoon of oil if it has been one percent damaged. In a sixty quintillion. That's more than a million damaged molecules for every one of your body's 60 trillion cells. Wow. Now, why I do this, you know, and, and when I do this, like in live lectures, I do it all the time. I get a few people guessing, right? They, they're never, 
any higher than a billion times too low. Wow. And so I say to them, okay, you're going to fly home for the holidays and you're ready to board your plane. Mm -hmm. And somebody who you know only ever tells the truth tells you, by the way, did you know that your chance of crashing and dying on this flight was a billion times higher, or in your case, uh, 600 quadrillion times <laughs> higher than you thought it was. Would you get on the plane? No. No, I was in Ireland one time when I said, and I said, you know, I would canoe back to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, I, I, my odds would not be good, but it'd be better than getting on the plane if it was if the the chance of crashing and dying. Of course, planes don't crash that often. Right. But the point that I'm making is we're taking these oils. Not only that, they've got pesticides in them. There's plastic in them. Yeah. They're they're unbalanced. We put them in the frying pan. You got another add another zero to the damage done by frying. Yes. Right. And then we do that for, we don't do one tablespoon a day, we do two to four. So you got to multiply that in. And then you do that for 30 years, you got to multiply that number by 11,000 because that's the number of days in 30 years. So you're bringing this enormous quantity of damaged molecules into your body deliberately by eating oils and frying oils and using these oils right? Yeah. And so if you've underestimated by more than a billion times the damage you're doing to your body, does that give you cause to stop and say, gee, maybe I shouldn't be using oils like that? Right. And maybe I shouldn't be using oils that way. Yeah. And so what came to me out of that is like, oh my God, if we could make oils with health in mind, because they're not they're made with shelf life in mind, not with health in mind. Right. We could make oils with health in mind, and we could bring the omega-3s that are too low in everybody's diet, and we could bring in omega-6s that are not damaged, and we could balance them properly. Oh, my God, we could help almost everybody. Wow. And, and I got so excited. Oh, my God, we could help so many people. Oh, my God. And- that, you know, and there's something that feels good in the chest when you help. Yeah. You know, we're made for helping. We are. Right? And especially, but we maybe don't see that until we get, you know, get reconnected to our heart. True. Which we talked about before. But so I was like, oh my God, we could help almost everybody. And it was like, I found a purpose for my life. I've found something that's really worth doing. I tried lots of things. And I would say at some point I'd get to, yeah, this is not worth doing. Right. So I quit. I quit. Yeah. But this was, oh my God. And then it was like, I had no business background. It was total enthusiasm that drove that product, that wow. project. We made decisions every day and we set, we set standards for how the oils need to be made. And then we, we built a very tight uh, pressing system where no light, no oxygen, and only low temperature get to the oil. Wow. And so, and that has to be really, really, really tight. Yeah. And nobody's doing that. So we had to custom make parts for the machinery. Wow. And so out of that then came flaxseed oil. That was my first oil. 
because it's the richest source of omega-3s, mm. twice as much as in fish oil, but in, a, in the plant version. Okay. And so we thought, okay, flax oil, um, you know, let's bring flax oil made with health in mind. Oils made with health in mind. And I thought, what? Oh, my God. And so we literally, I, I did a tour in 1988 in a van without air conditioning in the hottest months in, uh, in uh, the U.S., <laughs> uh, July, August, half of September, half, half of June, 101 days. We went to 85 cities, 35 states, 17,000 miles by road. Wow. And we talked to anybody who would listen about our flax oil made with health in mind. In two years, flax oil became the second highest selling oil in the natural foods trade, which is where we were active. Wow. Right? And we talked to everybody and it was fun. And we busted our butts and it never felt like work because there was this enthusiasm. Oh my God. This is like, this is a noble cause. This is there. This is a divine mission. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm on a mission from God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, and uh, and the, I mean there are a lot of things that happened. The FDA closed the border. I was we were working in Canada. The FDA closed the border to flax oil. They used to call it linseed oil, and there was a version on the market that was not made with health in mind. And the FDA had had classified it as an unsafe food additive because it's so sensitive to going rancid and being broken down. So they closed the border. And over Thanksgiving one year, we moved our whole operation to Washington State because at the border, we had no recourse. If it was in the U.S., they would have to take us to court. And so we ended up building a factory in the U.S. And then they left us alone, except they tried to tell us that it was an unsafe food additive. And so we said, why is that? And they said, well, because you add it to food. So are all other oils food additives? No. It was They were just doing that for hours. Yeah. And so we pushed them and we pushed them and they backed off. Good. And so 10 years later, I met one of the, one of the FDA guys and I said to him, why didn't you guys shut us down? And he said, well, we wanted to. And we tried hard. But every time we tested the oil that you guys had made, within the shelf life you had put on it, which was three months when we started, because we hadn't done all the research, but we knew three months was okay. Yeah. Within three months, the oil was never rancid. So we couldn't, you know, so we would have had to take you to court and we couldn't have won on the basis of not actually being able to prove that the oil was rancid. So it wasn't an unsafe food additive. And we did something that I think is really useful. We knew they had a job to do, which is to yeah. protect the public if they're doing their job. Yeah. And that's a whole other story. And we had a job to do, which is to make omega-3s made with health in mind accessible to everybody we could. Yeah. So we never ever told anybody that flax oil was an unsafe food attitude, un- unsafe food additive, or told anybody that the FDA was saying that. So we said, you know what? The FDA has a job to do. Let them do their job. Yep. We have a do job to do. We are going to do our job. Yeah. Never ever talked about it because we knew the oil we had made was good for health because it was fresh. Yeah. We even made the distinction between linseed oil, which is not fresh, and flaxseed oil, 
that comes from the same seed. Right. But that was the fresh oil made with health in mind, the first oil made with health in mind that I developed. Wow. And so, and now it's a, it's a multi-billion or it's a billion dollar a year business globally. Wow. And, and research being done on alpha linolenic acid, there wasn't much research there other than we knew it was essential. That wasn't proved until, until 1981, which was the year after I got poisoned. So my timing for getting into the omega-3 uh, area was, was perfect. It was divine, okay. divine yeah, timing. Divine, absolutely. So there was lots of things that happened. I mean, yeah, you can't do the timing. You, you know, can. the timing is always in, in greater hands than yours. Yes. I love how spirit called you in through your experience, though, with yeah. the Like, what a gift. Yeah that that job ended up being <laughs> right yeah 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 and sometimes you and you look back at your life and you see the places that were your biggest disasters often become the starting point for your biggest triumphs absolutely ooh i love that because because when you fail when you fail in one way or another because those are failures right yeah when you fail there's you realize there's something to learn that's right. Or you blame it on somebody and you don't do the learning. Well, but if you see, okay, I did that to myself. I walked barefoot through the, over those lawns and, uh, and I licked it off my fingers and I took the job, you know, and I wanted to kill something. So that was me. Yes. Right? So if you look at what is w w the part you play in your tragedies, yes. then, they become, then they become learning. They do. Huge. Huge learning. Learning. And ultimately triumphs, ultimately triumphs. So a couple yeah. things here, you have yeah. so much wisdom around this. I just want to bring a few things to the forefront. I, you know, a lot of people will say to me, they're like, Dan, there's just so much information. Like, do I do a 24 hour fast? Do I do a 16 hour fast? Do I have this oil? Do I have this? And you mentioned at one point too, like, you know, when you were doing your research, you had research showing it had cancer and research showing it was helpful. And I yeah. think that's the world that we're living in right now. We're getting on really? Exposing ideas. So there should be a, there must be a lot of exploding heads around. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Is, is there something that you would encourage people to do when making decisions for their health and they're already feeling overwhelmed? You know, what might you have to help us along the way? Okay. I would say that the most, and, and this is what I do, by the way, when I, when I look at making products and stuff, I always ask the question, how was it in nature before we got civilized? Ah, love that. How is it or how is it for the rest of nature? Because the birds aren't civilized, except the ones we civilize, but you know, but you know, how is it for the birds and how is it for the bees? You know, and that's where this thing fresh, whole, raw, organic comes from. Right. Right? Yeah. There's no no animal cooks their food. No animal fries their food. Right. Okay. And we came out of nature. We are a part of nature, even though we wear clothes and we're not running around naked like the rest of nature does. They all run around naked, right? Yeah. So, so we hide from that, but we are part of nature and we depend on nature. And every molecule that belongs in the body and every essential nutrient comes from nature. Either it comes as minerals or it comes as vitamins. We can't make those vitamins in our body. Plants make them for us. Yes. We can't make uh, B, vitamin B12. Um, microbes make that. We can't make essential amino acids. We can make some amino acids. There's 21, but we, can, we can't make nine of them. Yeah. Those nine have to be made by plants and then go into animals. 
So we get them from outside. Nice. And and then the minerals, vitamins, and then the essential fatty acids. You know, plants don't need essential fatty acids. They're not essential for them because they can make them. So they make them for us. Wow. And we depend on plants to get them. Wow. And, right? So always look in terms of how was it in nature before we got civilized. Wow. And if you want to learn about health, study biology, not medicine. Because uh-huh. medicine, medicine is based on molecules that did not exist in nature. That's why they have side effects. And there's not a single problem on the planet that comes from a drug deficiency, a pharmaceutical drug right. deficiency. Yeah. And we have lots of problems that come from zinc deficiency or magnesium deficiency mm-hmm. or vitamin C deficiency or omega-3 deficiency or damaged minerals and vitamins and essential amino acids and essential fatty acids. Wow. And, then, and in health, it's always like either you're getting too little of what you need, that's the essential nutrients, or you're getting too much of which you shouldn't be getting, that's the toxicity. Right. Pesticides, plastics, pharmaceutical drugs, industrial chemicals, yeah. damaged food molecules is a really big one because we do that to ourselves. Yes. Oh, Yes. Yeah. So if you, if you want, the research is also clear now, if you want the longest, healthiest life, plant-based, whole food. Whole food, plant-based. Wow. But it has to be whole food, not margarine, right. not sugar. Those are plant-based. Yeah. Whole food. Whole food, yeah. And raw as much as possible. You know, sometimes you, you do have to cook some things, but, you know, the digestive, you know, there are enzymes, or let me, let me go into that too. There are enzymes in raw foods that when you chew them properly, they'll do about 60% of the digestion of the food for you Wow! in the hour that it's waiting to get into the acid bath in your stomach. Wow. Okay, 60%. Now, if you cook food, you destroy those enzymes. Mm-hmm. And now your body has to do more than twice the work it was supposed to be made, be doing. And, th- and then the immune system has to get involved. Yeah. And then the immune system is not free to do all the other jobs it's supposed to do in the body, like patrolling and yes. digesting inflammatory proteins and making sure that nothing undigested, no undigested protein makes it into your body, or viruses, bacteria, funguses, and other critters, mm-hmm. right? That's its job. But its first job is in digestion because... So much foreign material goes through your digestive tract that there has to be there. The cops have to be there to protect the borders. Oh, <laughs> you might say, right? Yeah. So, and they, and your digestive tract is actually outside your body. Like the inside of your digestive tract is outside your body, mm. right? Because it's just a hole through your, you know, with uh, and then all of this stuff gets, you know, acid gets put into this place outside your body and enzymes get put in there, and they have to break everything down. So all you bring in is the essential nutrients, which are common to all the creatures and all the foods we eat. But they're broken down completely, and then you reassemble them into your proteins. Right. Because you're turning a chicken into a human being. You're turning a fish into a human being. You're turning a cow's butt into a human being. (laughs) You're, You're turning milk into a human being, right? But to do that, you have to break it down to all the building blocks. Right. Uh, otherwise, you you would get anaphylactic shock, and that would kill you eventually. Wow. Right. So yeah. that has to be taken down, and and so enzymes 
when you eat cooked foods, you should take enzymes with them to replace the enzyme you destroyed when the foods were cooked. Now, enzymes are not essential nutrients, but they are essential to health because right. they do their job outside the body. The essential nutrients do their job inside the body. Yeah, it's and the so second one. I just wanted to say it's so fascinating yeah. to me when I think about my immune system, I don't think about it really being in my stomach. And, and what you just shared there was really important because really we have... You you need like you said you need the cops there the police there to yeah, yeah. govern you know what's happening or, right? border patrol yeah yeah so yeah. and and they're not in your they're not in your stomach they're in the lining of your digestive tract ah along the entire lining of your digestive okay. tract and especially so in the small intestine wow okay because that's where most of the absorption of nutrients is yeah they have to be there to help in with digestion if you're not getting the foods properly digested. Okay. And enzymes take a load off your digestive system that frees your immune system to do its mm -hmm. other job. Very important. Very and they also Yeah. And then the other one is probiotics, mm -hmm. friendly bacteria. You know, they're 10% of the biomass, 40% is trees, 10% is bacteria or microorganisms. Right. 10%. Warp 0.1%. So there's a hundred times more bacterial biomass than human biomass on this planet. Okay. And I, I divide uh, bacteria into three kinds, and it's like a, just like an easy way to understand it. One is the rot bacteria. Their job is to turn over your body after you die. Yeah. Or they're there everywhere because things are dying all the time, and they're recycling. They're the recyclers, right? Yeah. So those are the rot bacteria. Then there are bacteria. I call them sick bacteria. They would love to live inside your body, in, inside your digestive tract, because it's warm and there's lots of food, mm -hmm. but if they got in there, then they would make you sick. So typhoid and cholera and salmonella and certain kinds of E. coli and Legionnaire's disease and, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of uh, Giardia, there's a whole bunch of them. Okay. And the third ones are the probiotics, the beneficial bacteria, the protective bacteria, and their job is to keep the unfriendly bacteria that make it into your digestive tract from getting out of hand. Right. So they're the controllers of the system. Mm -hmm. Now, when you eat raw foods, if you were running around naked in the jungle, which is kind of where we came from, right? Yeah. And you were eating raw foods like hand to mouth, you know, pick yeah. it, eat it. Yeah. Well, there are probiotics on the outside of those foods when they grow in nature because they come out of the top fermenting layer of the soil and when the plant pushes through the through the the earth, then the soil bacteria, the the soil and the rot bacteria are stripped back and stay in the soil, and they pick up probiotics in this fermenting layer on the leaves. Wow! You eat them, and you get probiotics in your mouth. Wow! And then they work their way through your digestive tract, and they protect your digestive tract. So when you cook your food, you kill them. So you, if you eat cooked food, you need to also replace the probiotics that you kill. Oh, uh, wow. It, I, I think we should just go live in the bush again, Udo. <laughs> <laughs> as, much, as much as we can, we should. Yeah, I think, right? so. you know, I've got to wrap things up for today. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, I, I'm, yeah. my wheels are turning in my mind here of all the things and the changes I need to make. So you don't just do oil now, though. Do you have several products? Yeah. I work with oils, enzymes, 
probiotics. The third thing I went to is uh, is greens. Yeah. So we made a greens mix. That's oh. you know, and I used to say you you have to have the tongue of a cow to like the taste of grass. <laughs> <laughs> and David, this one is so good. It tastes so good. Most of them they taste kind of greens. You know, yeah, yeah, tastes really really good. Oh, great! I can't yeah, wait so. to try it because. No been on my mind. This is such perfect timing for me, yeah. I want to say, because I've been thinking about adding a few things into my mix. So where can we go find your product? Do we go to stores or is there a website that we can go to, Udo? Yeah. You can go to udoerasmus.com. Okay. You can see the products there. You can find them in the natural food stores. Beautiful. And you can even get them on Amazon. Oh, wow. The yeah. We can get them anywhere. Well, we'll make sure to put your, your website in the uh, show notes so everyone has access to that. Udo, I can tell that you're so passionate about this, and I just want to take all the knowledge that you have in your brain and put it in mind. Uh, <laughs> so, well, we we might just have to do another one. Yes, indeed. I know. <laughs> I feel like there's so much here that we you can could talk about. Talk about total health based in nature and human nature. Oh. Love it. So maybe that'll yeah. be part three, Udo. Part three? Yeah, you know. <laughs> you might become addicted. Right? <laughs> no, well, thank you so much for joining the show again for us. You're t- yeah. so appreciated and your passion and your wisdom is making its way further into the world. So thank you so much for yeah, all that but, you and all you bring. Yeah, and thank you for thank you for getting the word out. You know, if it wasn't for you, I'd be talking to myself in the bathroom mirror and and I'm, and I'm over that. Yeah. And they're done that. Yeah. And they're done that. Udo, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much to all of you listeners. We're so glad to have you here time and time again. Until next time on When Spirit Calls. Bye for now. So happy you could join us today. And we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca. And when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.